Welcome to the Root of the Cause radio show. I'm your host, Dove, and today my guest is Douglas Wyatt. Douglas Wyatt is the founder of Sovereign Laboratories, providing the most efficacious bovine colostrum for immune resilience and maintaining homeostasis. Colostrum has been shown to help restore gastrointestinal damage caused by leaky gut, a primary cause of chronic disease. As director of research for the Vibrant Life Institute, he is the leading expert in colostrum and is credited with reintroducing bovine colostrum for human use. Mr. Wyatt is also a proponent of colostrum's unique and powerful bioactive components that show incredible promise for turning the tide on the prevention and treatment of the world's increasing chronic disease epidemic. And now for the disclaimer. Please keep in mind that this program is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease or health condition and is not a substitute for professional medical advice. The Root of the Cause podcast is solely informational in nature, so please consult your healthcare practitioner before engaging in any treatments that we discuss on the show. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy today's episode. As you would imagine, we discuss all things colostrum, right? We get into viruses, particularly SARS viruses, and discuss the innate and adaptive immune system. We talk about the cytokine storm, and we get into some of the science of that. We discuss strategies and concepts around modulating the immune system rather than boosting it. And we talk about the distinction between the two. We get into what liposomal delivery is and why it's so critical with colostrum. And we also talk about leaky gut, leaky gut testing, IGF-1, cancer, and we dispel some of the myths and confusion surrounding colostrum. Okay, well, I hope you guys enjoyed today's show. And without further delay, I bring you Mr. Doug Wyatt. Doug Wyatt, welcome to the show, man. Well, thank you for allowing to be with you today. It's really a pleasure. Uh, we love getting a message of health and wellness and the sovereignty of health to you know people all over the world and and you asked me to tell you a story about how i got involved in this business so i've been involved in health and wellness for 20 over 25 years and it, it really came down to i was not other than two years when i was a, uh, a nurse's aide at the va hospitals when i was in college i had uh, some, some pretty critical training. So I was a nurse's assistant and spent two years doing that on all kinds of positions from geriatrics to psych to uh, infectious uh, disease wards. And then I went on and I was in the Marines and uh, all of that's another story. But later on, I was, I, I met Kay and Kay was really, I think, the love of my life, my soulmate, and when I met her, it was under extremely interesting circumstances because years later, Kay was continually getting sick and every three to four months she had to be on antibiotics. And, and we finally went back to her mother and said, what is the health history of your daughter? And she didn't really remember an awful lot. She, knew, she took, her, took her to this particular doctor. We faced the doctor down and got some information. The doctor had used radiation, cobalt, highly radioactive, used to treat cancer patients now, uh, to the chagrin of the cancer patients too. You know, it's, it damages tissue. It destroys DNA, RNA and DNA. And it, and, and it, and it was used in the 50s and early 60s by medical doctors that didn't know any better in what they thought was a brand new type of medicine, nuclear medicine. Oh boy, you know, it, they were excited about uh, possibilities. And what was happening is the mothers would bring the children in, their infants, into the doctor. And there weren't even pediatricians in those days. This is a family doctor, right? And in the sore throat and the mother saying, you've got to do something, you've got to do something. The child's crying continuously, you know, in pain. So the doctor would take radiation and shrink the swelling in the throat due to infection. And in the process, they were destroying a lot of the cells in the thymus gland that produce T cells, which oh, is the boy. backbone of the immune system. I mean, it does, this is, you know, if, if, you're, if your listeners and you know about AIDS, you know that doctors are constantly checking T-cell, CD4 cell levels, and taking a look at the counts in order to see how the immune system is functioning. 
And if you don't have a high high enough T cell count, you can't you can't fight off infection. And so every time K would come into contact with cold or flu virus, it would eventually become bacterial pneumonia in her lungs. And that would require massive antibiotics. And as soon as she recovered from that two or three months later, her immune system's you know not working. The next virus that come along, didn't matter what it was, anything, she'd end up with bacterial pneumonia all over again. And this was going on and on over and over and over again, all of her life, essentially. And getting worse as she's getting older because, because when we're young, we have a more robust immune process, but the older we get, we don't. And, and so eventually she came down with Legionnaire's disease and, and she had um, Cipramax of both arms for 10 days totally just wiped out her veins and arteries and 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 her, she she was so sick that then got antibiotics almost killed her i have a friend of mine who's an nd that took it took a cipro and it, and it paralyzed him from the waist down for almost a year he had to go under massive physical therapy to be able to walk again and colostrum was one of the things that brought back his strength and stamina so we'll get into that in a second but what happened out of this is that she knew she thought she, you know, we knew she was dying. Next infection was probably going to take her life. And I went to a business meeting that day, and I, I'm talking to a friend of mine. And first time I told him what was going on, and he turned to me and he says, "Doug, there's something you don't know about me." He says, "I'm, you know, I have a couple of degrees, and one of them is a, as a naturopath." And he turned to me, and it wasn't two minutes into the conversation, and he said, "Have you tried colostrum?" We'd tried everything else, every herbal remedy, Ayurvedic, Chinese medicine, acupuncture, everything failed. And and so, I, but I turned to him and I says, gee, I grew up on a ranch and the colts and the calves, if they weren't, if they didn't get colostrum within the first 24 hours of their life, the infection would come and kill them. They, they wouldn't have an immune function. And so when he asked me about colostrum, I said, okay, how do I get it? And, and I got some colostrum from him, and at first my wife wouldn't take it. And I said, I need some help. And I'd left some abstracts laying around. One of them said that it accelerated healing, greatly accelerated healing. And so, you know, I, next day she was out walking and, and tripped and sprained her knee so bad she crawled home. We took her down to emergency, check it out. Doctor says, bad sprain. Don't put any weight on this for three weeks at least. Crutches and, you know, pressure cast, you know, Velcro, wrap tight. Brought her home. She says, okay, I'll take some of your danged medicine. That's what she called it <laughs> at that time. And I gave her a quick heaping teaspoon, tablespoon of colostrum powder. She washed it down with, with water and, and, you know, it's worn out in the pain and, and went to bed. Did nothing else, just the colostrum. Next morning around 6, 6.30, whatever, I'm reading the paper, and she walks in, no limp, no crutches, nothing, rubbing her eyes. And I turned to her, and I said, Kay. And she said, what? And and, and I said, your leg. She, leg? Oh, leg, leg. Uh, pulled up her nightgown, and the bruising was gone. All the swelling was gone. All the inflammatory response was gone. Therefore, no pain. And, and she says, couldn't be the colostrum. And I said, you didn't do anything else. Nothing. No aspirin, no pain meds, no Tylenol, nothing. And, and so she kept taking the colostrum. And over the next three months, she didn't get sick. Now, the infections didn't come back. And so we're just, we're flabbergasted about this. And I, 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 I turned to her and said, we've got to find out what, what the heck colostrum is, what's in it, why it's doing what it is. And I says, there's only one place in the world we can do this, and that's at the university medical school, because they've got access to the online network, internet. And nobody else in the world had that except military or medical schools. And so I turned to her and I says, they got to have access, but you've got to be a medical student or a researcher. I went to work out that morning and there was a young lady there that turned to me and within a few minutes of arriving, she was telling me what, that her husband had hives, allergies so severe, 
hives are all up and down his body, inside and out, down his throat, up his anus, everywhere. And he couldn't even stand to have sheets touch him. And he hadn't been working. And in three months, they were going to lose their house. They have minimum to pay their mortgage payments. And, and she says, what can I do about this? And I said, by sneaking hunch that I might have something that will help you. Follow me home. And, and her name was Debbie, and Debbie Dykstra, and I'll never forget her because I gave her some colostrum powder, sent her home, and three and a half days later, she's at my doorstep, pounding on my door, and she comes in and she gives me this big hug and kind of tears running down her face. She says, my husband's back to work. The hives are gone. Every medication in the world failed him. Every doctor that, that we went to couldn't do a dang thing about it. And here he is, 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 it's gone. The allergies, everything's gone. She says, what can I possibly do for you? And I turned to her and I said, there's only one thing in the world I can and use and want, and that's access to PubMed and the medical internet, and I need to get into the medical school of the university. And she says, oh, is that all you need? She opened up her wallet and she says, I'm a medical researcher and handed me her access card and said, go for it. And I'm standing there with my mouth hanging out clear to the floor. And I said, wow, what a gift. That's unbelievable. So, so you were able to really dig into all the medical literature with oh, yeah. that access that at the time, prior to the internet, prior to Google, people didn't have unless you had that access, right? That's correct. I filled four file drawers front to back it cost me over $10,000 to pay for peer review articles that have been published on colostrum and its benefits. And, and the benefit ranges were absolutely incredible. Wow. And everything from, from immune, uh, restoring immune uh, youth, okay, a, a deleting and taking out the senescent cells in the body, and et cetera. So I want to describe what colostrum is. Yeah, and, and so your listeners really understand it. Colostrum is the very first food of life. It's not milk. It's not mother's milk. It's pre-milk. It comes in right at the, at the time of birth and, and for a day or two after birth. And then milk starts coming in. Colostrum is not meant to be food. Colostrum, when it enters the body, travels from the throat and the mouth on the infant's suckling down through the stomach at the time, we produce no digestive enzymes, nor do we produce any, any stomach acids. Colostrum is not meant to be digested. It flows into the small intestine where we have purpose, purposeful permeability, leaky gut on purpose. Hmm. The reason for this is this colostrum has to flow from the breast into the bloodstream intact in order to, for it to do its primary purposes at the beginning of life. So what are those? First one is that it creates all immune function in the body. I didn't say some, I said all, every bit of it. In other words, every mammal except humans will die without it because they have no function and ability to ward off infection, none. They cannot produce T cells, they can't produce CD4 cells, can't produce natural killer cells, cannot produce macrophages, cannot produce antibodies to, to fight off a repeated infections, none of that, and it, it's not possible. The second thing that colostrum does is it transfers immunity to the pathogens that the previous generations have experienced. And those two give mammals the superior species on the planet the ability to fight, pass on the ability to fight off infection is specific to our species as mammals. Insects, fish, birds, no other life on this planet, plants, etc., cannot do that. And so those two functions, when they're accomplished in the first couple of days, then colostrum has to heal the leaky gut, because if milk comes down and crosses into the bloodstream intact, it creates allergies beginning at that time that can last a lifetime in the infants. And, and so those are the first steps that we need to understand. Colostrum's ability to create immunity, create a whole, all of the immune function, pass on immunity, 
and to create and ready the gastrointestinal tract for food. Bostrom also brings our first seeding of beneficial bacteria. This comes from our mother's breast, and it is the perfect bacteria of lactobacillus and bacidophilus in a whole range of different of different species in those two, uh, two major species. And colostrum growth factors heal the leaky gut, the holes in the gut, keep the gut intact, stop foods and, 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 and anything else, pathogens and bacteria from passing into the bloodstream, keeping our bloodstream operating at an optimum, which is what we like to call immune resilience. Hmm. And resilience, without immune resilience, let's discover discuss what this is. Yeah. I just so, have a quick question. So you sure. had mentioned that the colostrum, particularly in the three days after the birth of the child, will help basically give the child its immune system and from, from A to Z, essentially. But what about those children that, for whatever reason, don't have access to colostrum, be it because the mother chose not to breastfeed in the first three days, or let's say the mother wasn't physically even able to in those cases. Now, that child, oftentimes, they might not fare well during childhood or even through life. What keeps them going in the absence of the mother's colostrum if it's so critical? That's a very good question. And remember, I said all mammals die, but not humans. Right. Okay. Humans get a partial transfer of the immune system, et cetera, in the bloodstream of, because we share the bloodstream with our mother. No other mammals do. Mm-hmm. We're the exception. This is why you've got a belly button. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Turtle, you know, and your, your dog and cat don't have belly buttons. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. So that child could survive. They just might not be able to thrive. Now, presumably a good remedy to that would be taking liposomal colostrum to make up for the deficiency that they weren't able to get from the mother in the first three days of life. Would you say that's a fair assessment? And would you recommend that for children who were otherwise unable to receive the colostrum, which is so critical? It's absolutely essential that mothers be taught that if they cannot or will not breastfeed on a continual basis, that Mm -hmm. the colostrum needs to be a daily part of their infant's diet. Absolutely critical. Okay. And here's the other part of this is, is that it's been proven over and over again that allergies, asthma, okay, and sudden infant death were all related to the fact that immune factors are not in that infant's health, in that diet. And you can't get these from formulas. Formulas are nothing but junk food. Now, they've been revising this by putting some, some uh, different types of amino acids and some, and some lactoferrin in some of the recent formulas. Okay? But that still doesn't make up to the growth factors and the immune factors that are in colostrum. We're talking yeah. about immunoglobulins and lactoperoxidase and lysozyme and, and all kinds of antibodies that are in colostrum. And then you're getting down into the growth factors, which include IGF-1, and transforming growth factors that have been involved in brain neurological development and bone health and development. These are all lacking in formulas. You can't get them at any other place in the world except two places, raw milk, okay, or colostrum, raw milk or colostrum. This is why the Weston A. Price Foundation for 110 years has been espousing raw fresh milk as human food is the most important and vital human food in the world. Okay. Hmm. And, and it, it's difficult to get, almost impossible and against the law in a whole range of states in this country because state law and federal law got about transporting unpasteurized milk across state lines, et cetera. So, so this is difficult. Colostrum is perfectly legal in every state and, and at every age and perfectly safe for every age. Yeah. It's, it's the most safe food in the world. So, so yeah. if, if I may, just so just to give the audience just right. more of an understanding. So you had mentioned lactoferrin. So lactoferrin essentially is, it's basically an antiviral, right? And colostrum, to your point, you had mentioned immunoglobulins. You had mentioned uh, growth factors that heal the leaky gut. Basically, colostrum, you're hitting it from all angles. So with regard to leaky gut, I think colostrum is more known specifically for healing leaky gut. But I think 
there's a misunderstanding, misconception that it only heals the leaky gut. But to your point, it has loctoferrin, which is antiviral. It has a peptides in it, which balances the immune system. It has the amino acids that I think often people in the functional medicine world use glutamine to heal the gut. So you're kind of hitting it from all angles. That's why colostrum to me is my go-to with not just leaky gut, but with a whole range of things. Because I've seen people with leaky gut. And if you try to heal the leaky gut without actually getting to the underlying cause, which could be a pathogen, could be SIBO, could be antibiotics and so forth, you know, you're almost putting a bandaid on it, which colostrum is not only healing the gut, but it's actually going after the infections. You had mentioned your wife had an issue with her thymus, right? And T cells come from our adaptive immune system, right? The T is for thymus. So I think a lot of people with poor immune systems, particularly their adaptive immune systems, would do well with colostrum. You know, a lot of times you'll see an imbalance in the innate and the adaptive immune system. So I didn't want to go off too much on a rabbit hole, but I just wanted to give the audience a broader context of really the wide range of effects that colostrum has, uh, particularly with infections. Yeah, Deb, Deb, you've hit it on the nail, but you're missing a couple of points. Yeah, so let me, let me clarify this. Um, immunoglobulins uh, actually provide tens of thousands of active antibodies against pathogens. They, that's what immunoglobulins are. And right. colostrum, our colostrum makes up about 30% of total immunoglobulins. Immunoglobulins lack, latch on to infectious microbes of all types and right. carry them out of the body. They don't destroy them. They latch on to them and carry them out of the body. They end up in the toilet where they belong. Now, when this happens, then we've got room for beneficial bacteria to reestablish in the gut. And that stops pathogenic bacteria from having a massive dominance in the small intestine and large intestine and turns around small bacteria overgrowth. And so without colostrum, your probiotics are pretty much worthless. And then let me give you one other correction on this. The PRPs, yeah, the PRPs which are a major part of colostrum, represents about 4 to 5% by volume. Yeah. And there's over 450 known types of peptides in colostrum that we now know of. So PRP, just for the audience, it's it's not the PRP that you inject. It's it's proline-rich polypeptide. Just so I just wanted to clarify right. that. Yeah. Yeah, and we're we're now calling these just polypeptides. Right. On our labeling. Okay. So the polypeptides have an ability to control and direct all immune function of the body. So the first thing that happens with the active with active polypeptides that can be obtained with colostrum or separately as a separate product is that it activates immediately activates the innate immune system. And this is vital especially in when you're looking at infections of the type we're staring at in the face today because what we want is we want the body to be produced active antibodies and T-cells and macrophages and natural killer cells especially. And PRPs have been shown to not only initiate the production of natural killer cells more than any other substance that's ever been found, but to, but to increase their functionality. Now, what this means is if we have an immediate innate immune response, what's the innate immune system? Innate immune system is for us to help fight off pathogens that have never been seen in the body before. Help the immune system immediately recognize a pathogen that's foreign instead of seven to 10 days down the road, which is the normal response time for the adaptive immune system to kick in. So we want the innate immune system operating right now. And this is what colostrum gives us a significant benefit at and that this can assist in reducing inflammatory responses that can be very, very deadly. And, and inflammatory responses in the body are the body's first, first line of defense. Let's create a wall of information around anything we don't recognize so that we can, the body's immune systems can analyze it and create a defense in a period of time 
and 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 so that wall of of inflammation in certain cases can wall off that pathogen in the lungs per se you know or other organs in the body and create and and, and therefore there can be a lot of destruction in the process of waiting for the immune system to kick in and finally deal with it. So we want an all well-rounded response of so the innate immune system, the adaptive immune system. We want the, the antipathogenic capabilities of, of components in colostrum. The lactoferrin is very special because it sequesters iron, which keeps pathogenic bacteria from being able to replicate. And it, and it has the capability of, of dissolving and changing the outer structure of viruses. And I'm not talking about a particular virus, I'm talking about all of them, okay, have an outside enzyme layer that if that layer is, is, is dissolved, if it's attacked, if the spikes are dissolved on the virus so it can attach to a cell. A lot of people don't understand this, but viruses are nothing but a piece of RNA. They're not living, they're not alive and they're protected by an outside shell of enzymes that, that, that allows them to attach to a living cell in our body, whether that cell's in our bloodstream or our lungs or in our mucus or in our nose, in our sinuses, in our gut. And, and the virus must enter that living cell in order to be able to pick up pieces of RNA and DNA in order to be able to re replicate. And once the virus is replicated to a point of where it's that the cell is full, that cell explodes, mm. opens up, and the billions of viruses now enter the bloodstream or enter that area of the body and infect, go to work infecting other cells. So that's the mechanism of action for the cold virus, flu virus, uh, for, for other types of viruses too, including retroviruses, etc. So. Right. And it's so, so, Doug, if, if I may, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you something, and th and this actually, I think there's some concern and misunderstanding surrounding, I think, the immune system. I think at the beginning of COVID nineteen, in particular, people were very anxious to boost their immune system, whether they knew how to or not. That was the goal for many people, especially those who are health conscious. And then shortly thereafter, you heard on the news about this quote unquote cytokine storm, right? And then they started talking about the medication dexamethasone, which was an immunosuppressant. And they were giving that medication to those who were having that over-exaggerated immune response, which was causing the cytokine storm in those in the ICU and so forth. So I think now there's a lot of confusion around, you know, do we want to boost our immune system? Because is that contributing to this very scary cytokine storm? And I think people are confused. And just I just want to just give a little brief primer. You know, you had mentioned the innate and the adaptive. And the innate are like your frontline soldiers and, you know, kind of like your artillery. And then the adaptive immune system are like your snipers, right? They're more accurate. They're more targeted. There's less casualties. Both are needed. And I think oftentimes what happens is there's this delay, as you pointed out, with the adaptive immune system. And then it gives this virus time to replicate. And then all of a sudden there's this massive cytokine storm. So I think people just hear the word immunosuppressant and they're like, oh my God, do I want to boost my immune system? Do I want to take colostrum and boost my immune system? And I think there's a big misconception around boosting it is not just, I think people are using that word sort of loosely. So if you would get into how it has that immune balancing effect, I think you and I had spoken about this in the past. And well, let's, let's talk about a couple of factors. What okay. I am going to do is I'm going to say that every SARS virus Every virus that is in the family, okay, and we look back in 2008 when we had, you know, the SARS had the same kind of reactions, okay, and so do some of the flu vaccines have the same kind of reactions, delayed reactions. This is the reason this right. happened is because these particular viruses have an ability to delay immune response. Right. Okay, and what I'm trying to say out of this is that is some of your conceptions are correct. Let's talk about this. The thing that we really want to do in the body is we want a balanced homeostasis response. In other words, we don't want to be 
uh, over responding or under responding. And we want to have an, an, an we want to have a, an, an immune response that begins quickly to help defend against the virus from or any other pathogen from taking root and creating such a massive amount of infection that later on trying to destroy the virus or the disease cells that, are, that it inhabits creates physical destruction of, of structures, lung structures, et cetera, other structures of the body relative to that particular pathogen, okay? And so when we talk about uh, if, if you've got somebody going through a cytokine storm, you don't want to have them have immune boosters. That's why the medicine, the medications for this are threefold. They're giving them uh, things to bring the immune system down in function, right. providing them with steroids to help get rid of the in inflammation that's drowning them, and they're providing anti-inflammatories in order to reduce the inflammation that's going on in the lungs. And this is far more important than anything else that they've been treating up to date. Okay, and so you know you're hitting on a on a point here. Now, if we can get the natural killer cells to start destroying infected cells quickly, not seven or 10 days later or 14 days later, okay? If we can get them to do that within 24 hours, begin attacking the, the, the infected cells right away, then you don't have this massive overwhelming response down the road. But here's the other part of this. You know, the, 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 the thing that I caution against when we're getting into any kind of infection is those people that have allergies, that have asthma, that have autoimmune conditions should never take immune boosters, mm. ever, okay? The last thing you want to do is produce, is increasing improper reaction of the immune system. We're con I'm constantly trying to teach people that homeostasis, balance of immune function is right. the goal, okay? And there are certain natural substances that do this, and colostrum is only one of them. Let's talk about a couple of the others, okay? So just to clarify, you wouldn't sort of define colostrum then as a quote-unquote immune booster then? Absolutely uh, not. Absolutely right. not. I just, I just wanted to clear that up because there might have been some misunderstanding. So essentially yeah. you're saying for people with asthma, allergies, autoimmune, etc., colostrum would be a fantastic adjunct to diet and lifestyle and it not being categorized as an immune boosting substance, right? It's, it's, correct. it's so Clostrum, much bigger than that. Clostrum is an immune, true immune modulator. Modulator, right. Okay. And that's the word that you and your audience needs to pay attention to, immune right. modulators. Okay, so if you want to go on to Google and look up immune modulators, there's, you know, you can find a number of things that can be of assistance. One mm. of them that I would mention that is the probably the most important, at least to me, and that's two, let's put two categories on the table. One of them is vitamin C, mm -hmm. which is an antioxidant, but it's so much more than that, okay? Vitamin C over the years has been proven to reduce the duration and time of colds. It, is, it has been used to effectively treat internal infections in the body in a number of ways all around the world. There was an article in the Townsend Letter for Doctors. It's a medical journal for integrative healthcare professionals. And it was a whole article on vitamin C being used to treat viral infections all over the world in hospital settings, everywhere but the United States. Why is that the case? That's hmm. another question you've got to be answer, asking, okay? And, and, and what is the over-regulatory process that's going on? Chinese hospitals, European hospitals all over Europe are using intravenous vitamin C and oral vitamin C in higher than normal doses to treat infections of all kinds, okay? And with success, and there's a lot of published data, peer-reviewed journal published data on this. The other one is antioxidants. And, and the most powerful antioxidant in the world is glutathione. And, you can, and the only way you can get glutathione is if you have an adequate supply of L-glutamine. It's an amino acid that induces our body to produce glutathione. And so where do you get L-glutamine? 
You get it from raw milk, you get it from colostrum, you get it from whey protein powder. You can't get this from artificial amino acids. The best amino acids in the world are the ones that are produced by our species, not mm -hmm. from plants, okay? And so L-glutamine is critical, and, and the colostrum can help you produce that in adequate amounts. But the second thing we've found, and there's probably over 8,000 peer-reviewed journal studies that have been published on curcumin. Curcumin is the bioactive that's in turmeric, okay? And there's organic curcumins, and we have a, there's a curcumin LD available with liposomal delivery, and there's a vitamin C LD with liposomal delivery. Why are these critical? Because the liposomal delivery prevents the oxidative qualities of these particular substances from being used up in the stomach passage and delivers the intact bioactives into the bloodstream in high amounts. Curcumin is worthless without a, a fat delivery system. And this is what liposomal is. But the real interesting part and the special part about LD, liposomal delivery, is that it's made up of the liposomes that create the outside surface of every cell in your body. Phosphatidylserine and choline are very special. These are not butter fats. These are not the fats found in walnuts or avocados, okay? These are fats that are only found in mammals and they're found in every cell in your body. And if we wanna deliver healing nutrients internally into cells, even across the blood brain barrier, you need to do this with those lipids specifically, phosphatidylserine and choline. Now, so colostrum has these lipids naturally on raw fresh colostrum. Manufacturers uh, that, that we work with, Sovereign Labs, et cetera, has found a way to reproduce and put those lipids on the dried micronized colostrum powder so that the colostrum isn't destroyed. So that it gets into the bloodstream and as it's delivered through the bloodstream through the body, it can be accepted by cells where the healing molecules of colostrum are necessary for health. And so it does the same thing for curcumin and vitamin C. Now, the second thing about vitamin C is it's ascorbic acid. I don't care which form you take it in. It can be bioflavonoids or, or, or et cetera. And whether you get this from plant sources or chemical, it all comes down to the same thing. Ascorbic acid is a chemical. It's an acid. By its very definition, by its very name, it's an acid. And acids do what to your stomach? Eight holes in it. They right. damage it. Okay. You take vitamin C capsules on an empty stomach, a bunch of them, wash it down with water, no food, you're gonna have a stomach ache. It will hurt. And so what the liposomal does is it protects the stomach from being damaged and delivers 50% of the vitamin C into the bloodstream. That's the highest level of any oral vitamin C in the world. And this is clinically proven and published. We've got lots of clinical data that support that liposome and how important it is and the next thing is 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 it no stomach pain, and and that's critical because remember we talked about colostrum healing and preventing damage in the gut, and, and that's one of its primary purposes besides immune modulation, sure, and, and stimulating growth. Okay, is is you can't keep the gut healthy if you're continuing damaging it. Pain medications damage the gut. Glyphosate damages the gut. They spray on the stuff on our wheat and corn crops all over the country. Vitamin C without the appropriate delivery mechanism damages the gut. Mm. And we only get 8.5% of it into the bloodstream. By the well, and, and in addition, I just want to add, what, when it's not wrapped in a phospholipid, there's only so much. Even putting aside the fact that it's, it could be damaging to the gut, let's say it weren't, there's only so much that you could take in a non-liposomal form without right. you having disaster pants. So right. with liposoma, you could reach super high levels, especially if you're taking it for something acute like a virus where you really can't get those high doses outside of an IV unless it's in liposomal form. But I, I, I wanted to define just to make sure everyone fully understands what liposomal delivery is, especially with colostrum, because I've always been interested for years. I've been interested in colostrum for leaky gut, but I just always thought, how could it withstand the harsh environment of the gut? It just didn't make sense to me. And when I learned about liposomal 
colostrum. I thought, how could this possibly be? And so liposomal, like you said, it works on two levels. It prevents it from being destroyed by the stomach acids, but it's also wrapped in a phospholipid, which matches that of your cell membrane. So it enables the substance actually fuse with basically the lipid bilayer of the cell and to become more absorbed. So you don't have to take these massive doses. And that's if those doses in a more water soluble compound could actually withstand the gastric uh, juices of the stomach. So it just makes complete sense that colostrum would be better suited in a liposomal form and almost, I would argue, wasteful if not. I'm sure you would agree with that. I just wanted to give that extra little primer so the audience kind of fully appreciates a liposomal delivery versus uh, non-liposomal delivery, particularly yeah, and, colostrum. And let's talk about what real liposomal delivery is. It, it, it doesn't take a lot of those delivery molecules to surround the molecule. It takes about 1% by volume. If, mm. it's properly, if it's properly applied, we developed the means of applying the liposomal delivery over tw almost 20 years ago, and we're the first company in the world to ever offer supplements with this, this form of delivery system. Now, there's a bunch of companies out there that are offering so-called liposomal delivery products, vitamin C included, et cetera, and what they're doing is they're just putting vitamin C in an oil base and selling it in a pump bottle. And so what you're doing is you're squirting oil in your mouth, and that is not a liposomal delivery. All that is is vitamin C in an oil base. Right. Okay. In order to have a true liposome, it's a structure. It's a molecular structure that you can actually look at under an electron microscope and see the geodesic features of it surrounding the molecule that it's protecting. And it has to be applied in a very specific manner with very specific tools. And it has to be applied to very specific size molecules. And so it's an art and a science. And, and it's very, very important. And you're right about, about the colostrum. Effectiveness is greatly decreased without the liposomal delivery. And Short of taking like massive, yeah. massive doses, which are... That it's just not sustainable even financially to take that yeah. level, that amount of colostrum to even render any results just seems silly to me prior to finding out about a liposomal delivery system. But you're right. Oftentimes you'll see they'll label like not even colostrum is any product and they'll have any ingredients, soy lecithin or any sort of fat base, even if it is phosphatidylcholine, phosphatidylserine, they don't really break down the technology, the delivery system, they don't really talk about the size of the molecule to see if it actually could properly penetrate the cell membrane and fuse with the cell membrane. So I appreciate you pointing out that distinction. Let me point out another distinction too. Yeah, please. Sovereign Laboratories uses sunflower lepus and not soy, which is far healthier. Oh, yeah. Okay? And, and it's more bioidentical to the human forms, the mammalian forms of those lipids. Now, it's vastly too expensive to go extract those particular liquids from milk, which we were doing years ago, but it, it became so expensive that it was prohibitive. And so using mm -hmm. the soy lepicin, we found it's just as, just as adequate without any side effects. And we did clinical trial, trials on this, on the efficacy of this compared to colostrum without the liposomal delivery improved that it was four times, up to four times more effective. So you mean yeah, sunflower lecithin? Yep. Oh, okay. Because I think you said soy lecithin. You, you meant sunflower no. lecithin. Sunflower lecithin is what we prefer. Yes. Right. Okay. Just yeah. okay. Okay. No, that's great. That makes a lot of sense. I wanted to, if, if it's okay with you, I wanted to um, pivot to leaky gut. Now I know. Colostrum is most known for leaky gut, and I'm glad we discussed some of the other actions of colostrum. But I think there's a misconception out there, I think, with the word leaky gut. I think there's almost a stigma where people think, even you know, conventionally trained medical physicians think leaky gut is not a thing. And I think the reason for that is it tends to be more of a slang where 
the clinical term is, I think, more intestinal permeability, but they're essentially the same thing. And I think what people don't realize is there is an actual leaky gut test called the lactulose mannitol test, which is actually a urine test. And it basically gives you a window into how the, the, the tight junctions and microvilli within the small intestines are functioning. And doing so provides some insights as to whether you may have some degree of malabsorption issues and or if some undigested food particles may be sneaking through those tight junctions causing potential immune dysregulation. And so you can test for this, then go on, say, a three-month leaky gut protocol, and then retest to actually quantify objectively what your progress is, right? So I just wanted to sort of put that out there, that there is an actual leaky gut test. And while leaky gut may be a slang term, it's not this sort of made-up thing. We found uh, that testing for zonulin, which can be done in a blood test. Yeah. Okay. Or and stool test. Uh, and and colostrum is the only thing that'll reduce the uh, the amount of that protein in the body. And zonulin is directly associated with attenuated with with gastrointestinal permeability. And you're correct; that's the proper name for it. And we found that 85% minimum 85% of the people in this country have gastrointestinal permeability. Absolutely. And that, that's great. And zonulin is a, is a great, it's almost, you know, sort of an indirect yeah. look as to the level of leaky yeah. gut. So now I'll, that, I'll bring about one correction on, on, on what colostrum is essentially been beginning to uh, the first, our first marketing and colostrum always was immune. And for, oh geez, it was 10 years running when I built known symbiotics, my first company, colostrum company, uh, that's, we didn't sell powders sold powders to athletes. We weren't selling into a gut category. We didn't know enough. We didn't know enough about uh, permeability. And, and uh, this came about when he started getting a bunch of doctors out there and uh, that were talking about the gut-brain connection and writing books. And all of a sudden, this shows up on the New York Times bestseller list. And all of these doctors had missed colostrum. None of them knew a daggone thing about it, hmm. which was amazing because they just... See, these doctors that are writing these books on gastrointestinal health don't do their own research. <laughs> <laughs> they, they don't do anything, okay? That's funny. They put their bloody name on it, and then they sit down and do it. And, 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 and not a one of them originally wrote, wrote about zonulin or permeability being associated, okay? They were talking about the causal factors, and the treatment for, for uh, permeability always was glutathione and zinc. Okay, and, and, and appropriate uh, probiotics, but I'm, I'm going to give you a, a case in point on probiotics. And so this is what happens in your gut. You take 50 billion, I don't care if it's the most powerful probiotic combination on the planet, and you try and put that in with 100 trillion microbes that are already <laughs> right. there, 100 trillion. Okay, you can't even imagine the number, the zeros are too much. The only way that you're ever going to make a dent is by taking colostrum for a few weeks or a month and then start taking the probiotics. And then they might be able to colonize somewhat and do some good. And so, yeah, colostrum is fabulous for GI health. But it's also when we talked about the major factors in colostrum, which are immunoglobulins, lactoperoxidase that hydrolyzes pathogens and, and lysozyme, it's an enzyme that dissolves their outer interior and stops their colonization capabilities in the gut. These are really important immune factors. And the other thing that, that I'd like to point out to your audience is that two thirds of the immune function begins in the gut. Yeah. Almost all of the remainder of this begins in the nose, the nasal passage, the sinuses, and the lungs are a part of that, but not integral. And, and this particular virus loves to colonize lung tissue uh, that is the case with a lot of or most of the other viruses that, that will colonize other areas of the body. And, and so what we're talking about is if we really want to be dealing with immune health, we have to be talking about gut health. Yeah. It's vital. So I actually test uh, for for something called cicatory IgA. And I, so there's a stool test that I'll run and you'll actually see cicatory IgA is basically the gut's immune system. And a lot of times 
if you see a pathogen, you should see a relative increase in secretory IgA. It's sort of like looking at your white blood cells, seeing an elevation doesn't say what the infection is, but it's an indication that your immune system is reacting to something. But oftentimes you'll see you'll see a pathogen and then you'll see low secretory IgA, meaning your gut is not even activating or initiating an immune response, even in the presence of a pathogen. And this is this is bad news. But I've I've seen with colostrum that secretory IgA goes up without the pathogen. So you don't want it too high, but it's a nice balance. Uh, well, let's describe of, let's describe what this molecule is, because see, yeah. see in, in humans, we in our colostrum is higher than IgA. Right. And an IgG. In cows, it's higher in IgG than it is in IgA. The reason for this is it's because we get part of our immune response in the womb. The cows get none, zero. And so they need a lot of IgG. Now, let's describe what each of these molecules are. They're Y-shaped molecules, and in the arms of the Y, they collect the pathogens, okay, that are specific for that type of immunoglobulin which I said there's tens of thousands of variations, depending upon what the mother had get, and mother and grandmother, what the ancestors had encountered, will depend on what type of IgG and IgA you have in the body. Now the tail end of an IgG is, 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 is just a tail end. Hmm. The IgG has a 24 hour half-life in the bowel. And what it does is it goes around and collects the pathogens that it encounters and then starts taking them out in the feces. Okay, immediately. What the IgA does is it has a hook, a little hook on the end of its tail, a little corkscrew, if you imagine, and it burrows into the bowel wall, and it sits there and waits days and days, weeks even, until it's totally full of those pathogens that it is tailored to collect, and then it detaches from the bowel wall and carries these out of the body into the feces. Those are how these work. Yeah, that's incredible. One thing I wanted to address and have you expand and explain is with regards to the IGF-1. Now, IGF-1 is like when you measure IGF-1 in the blood, for example, it's sort of an indirect way to look at your growth hormone levels. And I think people have concerns with cancer in raising IGF-1, that could be problematic. So, and with colostrum, because there are those growth factors and presumably you may be getting this IGF-1 effect, is this the same thing as, you know, essentially taking growth hormone or having an excess IGF-1, which could exacerbate a cancer? So I, if, if you would, I wanted you to address that, maybe dispel some myths surrounding okay, let's- Let's, let's, let's go into why this came about in the first place. Monsanto yes, went out. Monsanto created a recombinant IGF-1. Mm-hmm. Now, let me explain the definition of recombinant. It means it's not bioidentical to human IGF-1. It is grown and produced artificially on plants or yeast cells. And it's done that so that they could take the difference and patent it because you can't patent a normal molecule. And they did this so that they could go out and inject cows with recombinant growth hormone, and that's what they call it, mm-hmm. recombinant, and remember the word, okay, bad, recombinant equals bad, uh-uh, mm-hmm. nasty, okay, cancer-causing, recombinant e- equals the problem, okay. Normal bioidentical growth factor does not cause cancer. In fact, let's also put this into perspective. When they did this, they isolated that growth hormone. And so now we have two serious problems. One, it's all by itself. It doesn't have the modifying factors of transforming growth factors that destroy cancer cells that are available in the cow's colostrum and in our blood serum. It goes in all by its little old lonesome, okay? In quantities that stimulate the body Okay, in abnormal ways. Now, the other part of this is, is, is so cancer has only been associated with recombinant isolated growth hormone, period. Okay. And that, that is not colostrum. Colostrum is currently being used by cancer doctors all over the world as a co-treatment 
for immune processes to treat the most modern forms of treatment for cancer. It's critical that our immune system operate at a balanced homeostatic level in order for cancer cells to be identified, to be targeted by the immune system and taken out of the body by macrophages, natural killer cells, et cetera. That's okay. critical that your people understand this. Okay. Yeah, that's why I wanted that's why I wanted you to address that towards the end right. of the show because I think I think it's a big misconception. So just so I understand, because I know people are gonna write in asking this. Yeah. So for people who are, let's say, tracking their IGF one levels, would there likely not be assuming all other variables are equal, would there likely not be an increase in IGF one upon taking colostrum in let me, moderate let me, yeah let me let me interrupt here again because yeah. let's make certain that your listeners understand that cancer cells create their own igf1 right they don't need the body to supply it at all zero they create their own mm. okay you can't stop them from doing that unless you kill the cell right and so and, and, and the problem with cancer cells is they shut off the flagging system so the macrophages and natural killer cells can't identify them. Bostrom's components and other, other growth factors help turn this around. Transforming growth factor B is one of the major factors that are involved in cellular apoptosis. Right. And so it takes, when you have a combination of virtually all of the growth factors, and colostrum contains every one of them, including skin growth hormones, that's why it can heal the gut, is... We've got skin growth hormones in colostrum. Well, that's what makes up the one cell division between you and internal, outside and internal in our gastrointestinal tract. So understand that colostrum is vital for bone growth, brain development in your infant as they're growing. If you don't breastfeed your child for the first two years of life, it's been proven that they'll have a deficit in their IQ of up to 15 points. We had, the neurological development of our children is vital to those growth factors, but you have to have them all, and they have to have them all in a bioidentical form, and they have to come from a mammal. They can't come from a plant. They can't grow these recombinantly and put them in, in infant formulas. Right. Okay. okay. And so I'm glad, I'm glad you addressed that because I think there's so much confusion surrounding that. That's why I wanted to sort of talk about this at the end because – I, th- I I knew you would successfully dispel that myth, and there's just so much confusion surrounding it. And colostrum is such a fantastic product that has so many wide-ranging uses. So I would hate for anyone to have even the slightest bit of concern surrounding that based on, I think, misunderstanding of the literature, a misunderstanding of what you laid out surrounding the recombinant form of growth hormone. So well, thank, thank you, for- you Devin. I really appreciate you know, you're, you're bringing up forwards, very vital points in this discussion. You know, yeah, today no, I, you've been an excellent host and very you. knowledgeable. And I just want to congratulate you on the knowledge that you've had on this because, because you've, uh, you've probably been the best host that I've ever had an opportunity to work with. And I just want uh, to tell your listeners how important your work is. So thank oh, I appreciate, you. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I'm, that really means a lot coming from you before we close out. Why don't you tell the listeners where they could find you, your work, and especially your product? Well, we have a nonprofit organization that is set up to educate about all of these factors. It does not sell product because it is not allowed to name product by brand name in any of these uh, because of FDA regulations, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And that is, uh, that is the uh, vibrant life institute okay and and there's an easy way to find us i want you to to, your listeners to understand we've always had a a publication arm of this nonprofit, and it's called the center for nutritional research so the website for this easiest way to find it is icnr.org that's initial i for international doesn't we don't use the word cnr charlie nancy romeo.org okay or you can go to mysofthealth.org, mysofthealth.org. And you can find our products on Amazon. You can find them at sovereignlaboratories.com. And you won't find the colostrum products in retail stores. 
because the retail stores don't carry colostrum. They used to, and then they started carrying really crummy colostrum. And so the retail stores, uh, buyers were always looking for the cheapest product in the world, not the most effective. And so we've, we haven't been in retail stores for an awfully long time because of that. And so we, you get free delivery no matter where you go, Sovereign Labs, Amazon, they just look for the LD. And, and uh, curcumin, vital C LD, we have our polypeptides, that's not an LD product. Uh, we have, uh, and, and we have that in both spray form and in capsules. The polypeptides are important for immune balance, bringing up an under-functioning immune system, bringing down an over-functioning immune system. And of course, the colostrum. And thank you so much, Doug. And the easy address for Sovereign Laboratories is my Sov Labs, my S-O-V-L-A-B-S dot com, my Sov Labs. Excellent. I'll put all that in what you just laid out in the show notes so people don't have to write it down. They could just click on it. So, okay. all right. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Doug. Everyone, thanks so much for tuning into the Root of the Cause radio show. I really appreciate you listening. I hope you guys enjoyed that and we're left with some actionable takeaways. You know, as you may have noticed, Doug is a super passionate guy. And to be honest, there's no one on this planet that knows more about colostrum than he does. Now, if you like the content on today's episode, don't forget to follow me on your favorite podcast app. And while you're at it, leave me a review and let me know what you thought of the show. Well, that about does it for today. Until next time, take care, everyone. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast disclaims responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties for guests' qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.